Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 45 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I'll be picking the brain of my good friend and fellow podcaster, Jeremy Ryan Slate. Jeremy is the host of the Create Your Own Life podcast show, where he interviews other entrepreneurs to find out how they became successful in business and in life. Kind of like this show, only not as good. <laughs> he <is> also <laughs> you like that part, Ryan. Uh, he, he's also one of the most in-shape people I know, and in fact, you could see him bear his muscular body on Facebook if that floats your boat. Jeremy, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Daniel, what is up to the Create Your Own Life alumni? I had you on the show not too long ago, man, and I'm really stoked to uh, hang out with your audience and chat a bit here, man. Yeah, well, that's actually really interesting because, uh, you know, you were picking my brain and now I feel like the tables have turned and I, I kind of have all the power now, you know what I mean? Well, I kind of enjoy the role reversal because usually being on the other side, you got to think on your feet a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, you are the first person to burst out laughing during my intro. So, so dude, thanks for that, you know. <laughs> That's a badass intro, I've got to say, by the way. I love the music, man. Really? Okay, cool. Um, by the way, do you go by Jeremy Ryan Slate, or can I just go Jeremy Slate? Because to be honest with you, I'm not calling you Jeremy Ryan the whole show. It's just going to... No, you crazy. can just call me Jeremy, but I just do that okay. for the intro for like any time my name is written, because there's a cowboy actor also from New Jersey <laughs> named Jeremy Slate. He's from Atlantic City, and uh, I'm a trying to outrank actor? him on Google right now. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious! Of all the of all the types of people that could have been Jeremy, you know, Jeremy Slate, it had to be a freaking cowboy, huh? Yeah, he's in all these John Wayne movies, you know, and, and stuff like that. Well, that's not too bad, you know, to be confused with a, a you know a cowboy in John Wayne movies. <laughs> could I be guess. worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it could, could be much worse. Well, I can think of a lot of. I'm not going to go into detail, but I can think of a lot worse things. I'm, I'm talking like America's Most Wanted or whatever, you know, kind of Jeremy Slate, you know. Guy, um, Hefner or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said not too many details. My eight-year-old listens to this, you know. I got it. So, Jeremy, take us back. Tell tell us a little bit about your background and what it was like growing up as little Jeremy. Little Jeremy. Oh my gosh. Little well, Jeremy. here's the interesting part. Um, I really was little Jeremy. Um, I uh, I wrestled all through grammar school and high school, so I was always that skinny type. But I was also um, started out in public school and moved to private and when you're not kind of like in that club when you start out they don't really accept you when you transfer over so I never really fit in all through school I was always the kid that uh, you know never met a toilet bowl I didn't like and things like that <laughs> growing yeah. up so um, that really kind of I guess changed my perspective and, and changed a lot of ways how I looked at things um, I was always the out there, you know, wanting to do things, wanting to make things happen when I was younger. But in, in high school, I became the quiet kid because you can only take so many years of um, being shoved in lockers and having your faces shoved in toilets and all that kind of oh stuff. Just because, just because you literally weren't part of the club when you started out, you know what I mean? That's that, that's just the way private school is here in America. I don't I don't know. Right. I can't speak to anywhere else. I can only speak to to my upbringing. So I became the quiet kid in school, oh. and it took me. I guess I misunderstood. I misunderstood you, Jeremy, because yeah, you yeah. said you wrestled through high, through through elementary school. I thought you were a yeah. wrestler. No, no, I was a wrestler too. At the same time, that was the sport I played. So I was like 
really, so you really are the skinny. skinny skinny wrestler doesn't really oh, go. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really go, does it? <laughs> I, I weighed 119 pounds in high school, so. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so what you were you were literally shoved in lockers and 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 your head was yeah, in the to- toilet bowl. That, that was me. I I was I was that kid. I was Dude, you, know, you the, find the those every, guys I was those the butt guys, of every joke. I was that was me, man. <laughs> if those guys if those guys saw what you look like now, they'd be running a mile away. You you know. Oh, it's funny. When I look back on it, that's probably why I, I guess I did what I did. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, right? Everybody's got a story. So what happened after that? You went to uh, high school. You, you, you continued the wrestling? Uh, yeah, gig? I continued the wrestling. Um, I, I was good. I wasn't great. You know what I mean? So I never got to that next level, but it was always the sport I played. And I think that helped me a lot with mindset and things like that later in life. But mm-hmm. because of my experience when I was younger, I became the quiet kid in high school. You know, didn't really have that many friends, just kind of... Just kind of got through, graduated, and um, in college, I kind of went through college, you know, wanting to take things because they interested me, and that kind of was the beginning of rediscovering who I am and, and things like that, and I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend any kid going through college like I did, like, you know, you look, you, you look at the uh, available courses, and you're like, ooh, that looks cool, <laughs> and you get to senior year and realize, wow, I can double major because I have enough credits, um, mm. Uh, but for me, that really helped me to discover a bit more of who I am and, and what interested me. So I, I um, studied, uh, I had a double major in uh, biblical history and also Judaism. Go figure, I'm not even Jewish. Oh, I'm Jewish. Uh, Hold on one second. You, you, <laughs> oh, I'm Jewish and you're not Jewish and you've got, you did a major in Judaism? Uh, Jewish tradition and also Torah. No kidding, man. You, so you, you probably know more about Judaism than I do. I'm kidding. Yeah, I I, I wrote a, a big a big paper about uh, di- different different sects of Judaism's belief on what they're looking for in a Messiah because it's very very different. If you actually like look into like Reformed Judaism versus versus Hasidism versus a lot of different ones, everybody's kind of looking for something different. So that was kind of the viewpoint I took in that. So college is really interesting for me. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, biblical history would put me to sleep, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just being honest there. I mean, you know. I, I totally got it, man. And But you know, that that's it, that's always kind of been, I guess, more of who I am is I'm always that person that's interesting and, and or interested, I'm sorry. And that's right. kind of went through a lot of the things I've done in my life. Then I, I studied uh, literature at Oxford for a summer program. And from there, went on to get my master's in ancient history where I studied like Alexander the Great and, you know, Roman historians and things like that. My eyes and are watering right now as you're talking about history. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? But it's really funny because at the same time, I'm in the background doing competitive powerlifting competitions and I'm, you know, I'm weighing 200 pounds. Like I'd walk into these classes and they'd be like, you, really? But then I'd be the top kid in the class. Like, so it was, it was really interesting, I guess, how I was kind of on both sides of that field. And I got out of school, um, didn't get into the PhD program I wanted to get into. So I, the next logical thing seemed to be to try and teach. So I applied to a bunch of private schools since I didn't have a teaching certificate. I could only teach in private school. Didn't mm-hmm. get a job in any of them. Went into personal training, so I did that for about a year. Oh, so you tried teaching in classrooms, and then you and then you failed at that. So you decided to, to help people. With well, their fit, I didn't even fitness. get a, I didn't even get a chance to fail. I just never. I just nobody ever hired me. Right, and so then, that's, yeah, I, I get. I'm sorry, I was a bit harsh there with the fail, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But then um, after um, 
after a year of personal training, I ran into uh, a teacher friend of mine in the grocery or the priest friend of mine in the grocery store, and he said, "Hey, sounds uh, like a joke for some for somebody to uh, replace, you know, one of our history teachers." So then I got a job in teaching. So the priest got you a job in teaching. Yeah, in a, you, in a you, private school. You didn't teach Judaism, though. No, I taught, I <laughs> taught uh, honors U.S. history. Which, which for, for uh, having an ancient history background, I was learning about a week before the kids as I was teaching it. Are you seriously <laughs> interested in that? Like, wow, that fascinates me. I mean, how the heck do you go from, from being a historian teacher to, uh, you know, a, a fitness instructor and building a fitness industry, a, a business and, and a podcast show? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, Daniel. The big thing has been, like I said, it's always been things that have interested me. And then I also had this thing when I was younger. Like I said, I had to be big and tough, and I think that's where the fitness kind of came from. But then, to me, it became more of my sport and my outlet and my way to, um, you know, take out my frustrations. And 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 I think because of that, it's kind of kept me out of you know a lot of trouble and a lot of bad situations because I've had that outlet. You know. Right, right. And also, I mean, they say that a healthy body is a healthy mind, and a healthy mind means you could be more focused, which essentially leads to bigger profits. Do, do you think that staying in shape can help a person's bank balance? I totally think so. I totally think so, though. I think that is only something that's really taken a root in the last few years because, you know, you look at people like Warren Buffett. Dude's not that healthy, but he's loaded. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'll I mean? There, I'll take I think his, I'll this take is his definitely... I'll take, his, I'll take his body and his bank account any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think the big thing is it's something that's really taken root recently. And I, I, I think because of that, I'm really excited for what the next generation of entrepreneurs are going to do because mm. they really have a different viewpoint on how a lot of that stuff's being conducted. You know what In I mean? What way? It's what, really what kind of mean? a whole body, whole spirit thing. What do you mean by that? Because they're they're caring for you know it's it's let's let's look at it like a professional athlete right mm -hmm. you know they they want to have the best mindset the best athletic skills so they can perform the best in the court um, but you know that athletic training that keeping the healthy of the body helps to create that mindset you know what I mean yeah. so I think that mindset is one of the biggest things that separates like you know um, the Gary Vaynerchuk from the Gary Blanerchuk you know what I mean like. It, it, it's yeah. what takes that person and brings them to the next level and kind of creates that intensity. And I think this generation is, is really going to find that. Right. By the way, Gary Blaynerchuk is, is a multi-multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, long, how long do you spend in the gym, by the way? You're, you're pretty, you know, pumped. Uh, well, I'm 29 now. When I was 18, 19, it was about two and a half hours. And now that I'm 29, it's about 25 minutes to get the same result. I've kind of, nah, I guess, you're master kidding me. I've masterminded the whole thing. <laughs> you go to, you go in there 25 minutes, you're done? That's it? Yeah. Yep. I, wow. I figured out what my body needs to get the result, and it's very quick. So you're saying that, this is very interesting, because this, this we can really apply to business. You're saying that, that once you've built certain, I guess, muscle memory um, then once you once you've already, I guess, created that foundation, you don't need that much time to keep it going, right? To to sustain it. Well, that's not even the case. Um, like that's that's true to a point, but um, when I oh gosh, I want to say when I was like twenty five, twenty six, I kind of you know dropped the intensity as much, and I lost a ton of weight. You know, um, at my biggest, I was like two hundred and ten pounds, eight percent body fat. 
And then I dropped to like 155 or 160 and I really wasn't doing that much in the gym for mm. probably about the period of six months to a year. And then I kind of discovered this new method I've been using. And, you know, really you could start from ground zero and, and build yourself up to where you want to be doing what I'm doing now, but doing it in 25 minutes to a half an hour a day. It's really, we don't need to put in all of the time and things that we think we do to get a result it's really just figuring out what our body responds to mm-hmm. amplif- amplifying it and getting you know a short period of burst out of it and you're actually going to get better results and you know more t- you know more time to yourself and less time in the gym you know yeah and, I, and again that's it's very easy to relate that to business because when i started my my virtual office and, and uh, company and my call center company um back about eight years ago um, I needed to be there like literally 15 hours a day. I mean, I was I was doing everything. I mean, you know this because you interviewed me, so you know my story. But at now, I, I literally spend probably, if I'm being very honest, maybe three hours a week. Wow. That's it. Three hours a week on those businesses, and they are still producing. They're growing. Um, and, and, and that's what's really exciting about, uh, about building a business and putting your sweat, blood and tears into it right at the beginning, knowing that in the future, you're going to be able to build, uh, get, you know, still reap the benefits from those businesses. And again, it, it depends on how you build it. You have to build it to scale it and to be able to, um, you know, monetize it in a way. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is is to build an incredible team around it. If you've got an incredible team around your business, your business is going gonna, is gonna, to succeed for, for, for many, many years. Um, because it's, you know, great businesses um, essentially are built by great teams. There's no one person that you look at Richard Branson, you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, you look at all these guys, um, they can't, they can't, they can't manage their businesses on their own. There's no way. If their, if their team decided to leave tomorrow, they would be, they would be finished. There's no Mm -hmm. way, right? So it's the same thing with your body in a way. When you went to the gym and you spent two and a half hours every single day, dedicated, dedicated, dedicated every single day, pumping, pumping, pumping. It was hard, Right, but now you can go to the you can go to the gym for 25 minutes and come out looking like a beast. I, you know, I'm saying I'm I'm trying to work on that, but I'm saying like another guy would go to the gym 25 minutes and it's not enough. And I think that the message here for the listeners um, who are either starting a business or growing their business is that yes, it's tough right now, but just keep in mind that in a couple of years from now, you're not necessarily going to have to work as hard in this particular business. Now, I work hard in other businesses because I'm growing other businesses, but I'm saying in the businesses that I've built, like I said, I spent three hours a week, which is insane, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, st- you started JR Slate Fitness back in 2013. I mean, what motivated you to start that business? And also, how has it evolved since then? Well, in, in 2013, um, my... I had just gotten engaged in January of that year and I wasn't happy teaching. So earlier that year, I started a personal training company because I had been training over the years. Um, So I started this while I was teaching and it was kind of just doing it on the side and it was going pretty well. And then in March of that year, my mom had a stroke um, and she was left permanently disabled. Oh, wow. And, And I like to say that's the second time life warned me because when I was 19 years old, I was playing football, uh, playing cornerback. I was in my, um, when you're playing cornerback, you backpedal for five yards and then you turn around and run with the receiver. Mm -hmm. And when I turned to run, I stepped in a drain and my cleat 
stuck and my body kept turning. So I ah. tur- tore three major ligaments in my knee and oh. it sounded like a machine gun going off. Oh. Um, so the receiver looked at me and then passed out. Um, and then I just oh. fell over because your adrenaline's going like out. that. <laughs> your adrenaline's going like that and you just, you can't feel it, man. So it's just, you, you don't know anything's wrong until a couple hours later. Oh. Um, but I t- tore three major ligaments in my knee and that surgery is supposed to be pretty easy. It's, it's, you know, though it sucks and it's a, it's a not a great situation, the, situ- the surgery itself takes half hour to 45 minutes to fix. Wow. So I went in for what was supposed to be same day surgery, um, but the anesthesiologist screwed up and oh. stuck the breathing tube all the way down in my right lung and it's actually supposed to go <laughs> oh between God. your lungs. So my left lung collapsed, my right lung overexpanded. <laughs> Over the period, um, I, it turned out I was also allergic to the drug they used as the <laughs> no. anesthesia. So my lungs couldn't start breathing again. So in a period of three days, I was in and out of consciousness probably 100 times. Um, a priest came in and gave me last rites. Um, it was a really tough situation. And then on day three, I just started breathing again, and the doctors were mystified. They had no idea. So, Whoa. you know, go... Their, their, their medical science couldn't just figure it out. They're like, he's breathing. We don't understand. Um, and they had found out later on that I was also, besides you know the malpractice and the part of the anesthesiologist, I was actually also allergic to the, <laughs> drug, they, the drug they use. And they're supposed to test for these things ahead of time, but they just neglected to do all that. So that was kind of the first time life had warned me. And I just decided, okay, let me just keep doing what I'm doing. This is fine. When you say um, life and, warned you, uh, Jeremy, what do, what do you mean by that? Life warned me in the way that I was playing it safe and doing what, you know, like, like I learned when I was younger, what was going to keep me out of trouble, what was going to keep me from kind of rocking the boat too much and keep people from bothering me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of why I thought I was going to go and be an academic. So I just, same path at 19 and, you know, and then at 24, 25, I can't remember how old I was in 2013. God, I'm getting old. Um <laughs> But uh, my mom then had a stroke, and that was kind of the second time life warned me. And I, I like to say that life doesn't warn you, you know, a third time, hopefully. You know, not, not everybody gets three chances, but right. life doesn't warn you a third time. And I started JR Slate Fitness doing personal training on the side um, besides teaching. But I, it was kind of half-hearted. It wasn't a great attempt at really doing something. And then um, in... June of that year, I was introduced to a network marketing opportunity. Um, I watched the opportunity presentation. I had no idea what network marketing was. I had never seen it before. So I watched this thing and I'm like, man, I'm going to be making $100,000 next month. I'm going to quit yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah. Multi-le- multi-level marketing. I love those things. Yeah. You can get rich working two hours a week from your bed in your pajamas. Just screw your whole friends and family and get them to buy whatever it is. yeah i love it yeah but 99 percent of people will never make any money right right uh, <laughs> except for so, big fat george who's sitting right on top <laughs> exactly so i it was a nutritionally based company so for me it made sense to do this along with my fitness company um you know which i didn't have really i had five or six clients with this company that were you know paying me 75 to 100 dollars an hour but i wasn't seeing them enough for really to be super profitable along with the you know the the little bit of money i made from network marketing um so it was a struggle for probably the next two years you know what i mean Um, Mm -hmm. of really trying to figure out how i was gonna get anywhere on this you know what i mean because when you're running two businesses like that you know, especially with a network marketing business, you got to run other people and that's tough, man. Yeah. You, you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're like, all right, 
well, when is it going to happen? And, you know, you start to buy into that. I, I feel like I get so jaded on, on network marketing, but you, you start to buy into that belief. Well, this person says if I buy 20 tickets to the next event, I'm going to be a millionaire, so I'll do it. <laughs> and what do you know? Now I just have $2,000 worth of debt on my credit card. Right. So it, it, it very quickly turned into a situation where I was just miserable. You know what I mean? I went from not being happy teaching to miserable doing what I thought I wanted to do. Hmm. And... When I had originally made this decision, I had a conversation with my dad um, where he said, you know, son, you can't just quit your job like that. You, you, you stay someplace for 40 years and you retire and then you can do what you want. And, you know, <laughs> not that this economy even permits that anymore. I said, dad, I will create my own life. And I kind of held on to that for another like two years or so until last year. Um, and then in May of last year, I, I saw, well, actually it was in January, but then I actually ended up leaving in May. There was an ad in the paper that they were looking for people to go on a all expenses paid mission trip to Peru and, you know, help the poor people in the mountains and help to raise money. So I went to Peru for a month on a, you know, all expenses paid uh, rotary trip. Wow. And it really kind of pulled me out of my situation and let me think. And I'm like, you know, man, you're getting married in September. How much longer can you keep this up? You know, can you support a family like this? And I decided I was going to quit, but I got myself stuck in a maybe. You know, I was like, oh, will I, won't I, will I, won't I? And I came back and didn't carry through on my decision. Mm -hmm. But when I came back, I have a friend with a very successful marketing and branding company called Clear Images Design. And she said, you know, you are really good at a lot of the digital stuff and I need to start doing a lot more of that stuff. So they brought me in and I found out, wow, I love this. I'm great at this. I get to talk to people. I get to, you know figure out a lot of different SEO topics and things like that. So I found out right away that I really loved it, but I didn't carry through with the quitting network marketing. And it wasn't, I just kind of half-heartedly stuck around. People thought they could count on me in that business and they couldn't because I would make plans and break them because I just wasn't in the game anymore. And then I got married in September and finally decided, you know, the whole idea of create your own life came back. I was loving what I was doing at Clear Images, but I still wanted to fulfill something for myself and that's where the whole idea of the Create Your Own Life podcast came from. And right. I decided, okay, so now since I have this, I'm going to go all in on this, um, you know, besides needing to make money. So I stayed, you know, I've stayed working at the company, but I, and I really enjoy it, but I quit network marketing. And it really was tough because I was surprised when I quit. A lot of the people I was really good friends with just decided I was a jerk and wouldn't talk to them anymore just because I wasn't going to do it anymore. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was tough, man. But I decided for myself, you know, make a decision. I made a decision. And I moved forward and, you know, started the podcast. Wow. You know, I, I find that people sometimes from from a place of, I think, jealousy um, and, and I guess insecurity, they, they, they get a bit, you know, when, when, when someone's going off and doing what they want to do, um, people get a bit like they need to they need to bring you down to make themselves feel better. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's, and, and that's you know, not to say that's everybody either, Daniel. There's still some people that I'm very, very good friends with, but there's a few key people that actually shocked me that won't even talk to me. Wow. Well, listen, you know what? Those are your true friends. And, and you know, in, in the time, times like that, that's where you, you realize that you know who your true friends are and the people who, who drop you like a, like a hot sausage, you know, screw them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. Um, but you know you've been through some 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 serious stuff, and the fact that you're able to, the fact that you're on this podcast show laughing, I love your laugh by the way, it's just wonderful. Um, it, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. First of all, you're a miracle, 
and the fact that your 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 mother went through a stroke and and became permanently disabled and you know a lot of a lot of a lot of guys that would screw them up they they would they would they would take to the streets they'd go to they'd turn to drugs they would turn to some sort of addiction and they'd basically implode they they'd they'll self destruct i've seen it i i know mm-hmm. a, i know a lot of people who've who've gone that route and the fact that you took a different path and you said no i'm going to i'm going to make my own life i'm going to do something about it that's incredibly inspiring uh, for those listening as well you know if you're going through tough times you know listen to to jeremy's story and, and take some you know take some inspiration from it and realize that there there you at the end of the day the buck stops with you 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 are the decision maker you have the power you are the one that can choose ultimately whether you fold up and 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 die somewhere or or you make something happen and and use that to your strengths you know go out and inspire other people um yeah, I, f- I sound like Tony Robbins all of a sudden. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> next, 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 Daniel yeah. will take us across hot coals as we conquer oh. all of the fears. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've interviewed now over 140 people on your podcast show. So what, what have been some of the most valuable golden nuggets that you've taken out of, of doing so many interviews? The biggest thing, and, and and I loved your answer to this question, by the way, way back when, is, is the definition of success. And I, I love asking people this because I find that a lot of them say the same thing, and it's basically getting themselves to a place where they're successful, you know, so they can help others get successful, or it's family. You know, one of the big things that you had mentioned is that success for you was being able to spend time with your family. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a super important point because – we tend to make life about all these other things other than actually living and you know we have to get ourselves successful so we can help other people but so we can also value spending time with our families and actually living life until we you know cuz i think a lot of people get to 80 years old and they're about ready to kick and they're like well what did i ever do you know mm-hmm. it was it was always i had to get to the next week and i i i think that's what the whole idea of create your own life is, is that creating life on your own terms, number one, so that you can live for yourself, but number two, so that you can actually live for other people. And I think that's a really great point, you know? That's that's the biggest takeaway that I've had. Wow. Besides huh. looking at a lot of my own objections and just kind of moving past them because, you know, you, you talk to people that have really done a lot. Like, you know, for example, you, you outsourced your company to your competition. Who would ever think that was a good idea, but you did it. It worked great. You know, I think we have a lot of these false ideas created of why we can't do certain things. And I think you're a great example of, you know, figuring it out and just going forward, man. And that's what I've learned from a lot of successful people. And Jeremy, my ego is now the size of Texas. Thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> I just asked you, of all the 140 people you've interviewed, yeah, which ones, yeah, what's some got? And you pick me for crying out loud. I mean, 140 people, now my ego is the size of te- Texas. Thank you very well, much. Well, I, I, I pick yeah. you because I, I think no, your audience understanding your story will right. really understand the point Okay, so you just popped my ego. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> of all the episodes, which one would you say is the most memorable and why? And don't pick mine because that's just going to be too... Uh... <laughs> Number 79 with former New York giant Steve Weatherford. And he his biggest thing was he always had this public image as being the family guy. And he really genuinely is because... Um, you know, uh, he, he did a uh, event for, for my wife's boss not too long ago, and he brought his entire family, including his dog, in tow. And <laughs> he's just, he really has figured out this way to just plan his week, 
you know, not only between playing professional football and all the other things he does, but also keeping family time in it. And the, one of the biggest things that he said in his interview was how important family is to him. And I think a lot of people lose that, you know, especially in professional sports because it's such a crazy life those guys live. They're all over the country at any given time while their family is back home. And I think that was really, really impactful for me. Um, and I'd also have to say, um, I can't remember the episode number. I want to say it was in the 130s. I interviewed Bedros Koulian. And, and Bedros, you know, was eating out of a garbage can as a kid because his family wanted freedom so bad coming to America from the former Soviet Union. And the guy is now a multi, multi-millionaire um, by building fitness businesses. And I just Whoa. think it's really inspirational to see people that have been to the bottom the absolute bottom and, you know, created right. such success and they didn't look for reasons why they couldn't do it. Well, I'm actually going to be interviewing him in, a, in, a, in, a, in, I think, a couple of weeks. So, that... Oh, that you're going to love that, man. I'm really excited. That sounds that sounds like a cool story. Um, now, you managed to get Grant Cardone and the famous singer Matas Yahoo to come on as guests. How did you manage to get them? Um, well, Modest Yahoo, I went over to modestyahoo.com and filled out the contact me form and got an email back from him. No way. <laughs> no way. Really? That? Oh, my goodness. That easy. God. You see that, guys? Some people, you know what? I find it so funny because people think that, oh, there's no way I'm going to get hold of this guy. There's no. And I've heard, I'm telling you, the, the amount of times that I've interviewed people and I've said, how did you manage to get this person? How did you manage? And some of them, some of them literally are like, I just went up to them. I had one guy who who interviewed Richard Branson, and I said, how did you get Richard Branson? And he said, well, I was just sitting next to him at a bar at one of these events, and I turned around to him and said, hey, can I do an interview with you? And he said, yeah, I guess so. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, no, but, the funny, but the funny thing is, people f just feel like they... They're just going to get turned down. They're just not. There's, there's no way that if I ask them, they're going to look. You got to try. Like at the end of the day, you got to try. And 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 so you get turned down. So what? The next guy might say yes. Like I sent an email to Steve uh, Wozniak, and uh, you know, asking him if I could pick his brain. <laughs> and uh, I get an email, you know, polite email from his team saying, you know. <clears throat> essentially, it was no, right? But they said it very nicely, no. Uh, and then I loved at the end of the email, like. And and please don't bother writing us again. You know, something like you know, in a oh nice way. You know, yeah, no, in a nice way. It was like you know, don't 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 bother trying again because you know whatever. I'm sure they get this every single day. Do you know what? I don't care. I sent them another email because like what the hell? You know, <laughs> who cares? That's and awesome. it's good. You know, you got to flex those muscles. Like talking about muscle memory and talking about building muscle. You got to build entrepreneurial muscles. And and sometimes it's just sometimes it's just getting the no just to feel the no feel the rejection take it go yeah i could take it now i'm now i'm going to go and get a yes you know sometimes you first got to build that thick skin and then you could take on you know anybody i mean that that's you know grant cardone right you you uh you're going to hear from him i mean you haven't had him on the show yet right he's scheduled no, to come on september uh, mid uh, september 14th i'm going to be interviewing him but i happened to um i was volunteering at a at an event in the city and my wife said, you're never going to believe who I'm talking to right now. Run over here right now. My wife was talking to Grant and Elena. Um, uh -huh. So I ran over and, you know, he's like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, and then and, yeah. and did, did he sell you fashion. something? Did he sell you what's his that? shoes? Did he sell you his shoes? Hey, these are cool shoes. You want to buy them? <laughs> no, he, he's it's, it's really interesting <laughs> because you 
you meet Grant in person and he's really interested in other people. He doesn't really talk about himself. He wants to find out more about you and what you're doing. And it's really, really cool. So right. he asked me all about who I was and what I was doing. And I told him about the podcast and he goes, that sounds really cool. I'd like to be on that. No. And that's how it happened. <laughs> they, see, guys, see, come on. That, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You literally just went over there and he asked you what you do. He said, I do a podcast show and he even offered to be on it. That's incredible. Yeah, by the way, you, know, you, you got to put yourself in the right situations, I guess. You know? I, I expect an intro to both of them, by the way. You know, uh, I want Grant Cardone and, and Matis Yao, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm, I, I'm stoked to interview Matis Yahoo next month. I, have, I love his music, so I'm really excited for that one. Right. Can you, can you also share with our listeners some of the things that you've struggled with most and, and how you dealt with them, you know, growing the businesses and, and, and you know, the podcast show? The thing I've struggled with the most is myself. Um, I am a pain in the butt and I decide there's certain <laughs> reasons why I can't do things. And if I didn't have my wife, it wouldn't be moving because she just kind of looks at me and she just goes, really? Really? <laughs> and sh she'll give me a hard time with it for about a half an hour until I realize that she's actually right and I'm just being an idiot. And because um, I, I can't think of any particular situations, but I just understand it. it it happens quite often. Like, why can't you outsource having people at your show? Because blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's not a great reason. Why can't, <laughs> why can't you reach out to sponsors? Well, because blah, 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 blah. Well, right. that's not a great reason. You know, so I just, having somebody else that's a little, you know, she's definitely in it with me, but being a little bit more exterior to the day-to-day -day of it has been super, super helpful to me because I kind of get these fixed ideas that I, I think inherit from other people in the podcast space that aren't always necessarily right. You know, Tim Ferriss has made a ton of money by looking what everybody else is doing and doing the exact opposite. And I think sometimes we need to think about that a little more. If everybody else is doing the same thing and everybody else is mediumly successful, why would we do the same thing? Hmm. Yeah, and I very much relate to your to your whole relationship with your wife thing because I remember like I I, I, I I did this massive deal business deal a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I told my wife, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe you know how much money I earned from this, and she's she just looked at me like, and she said, what? Why are you surprised? Like, what? What? I don't understand. Like that, that's not a big deal. Like, why are you so why are you so shocked? You deserve it. And it's like you know the. the it's, this is so crucial because having a partner that's so supportive and having someone like that to really, you know, pick me up when I'm down, you know, like, like, you know, when you were describing about your wife saying, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? I mean, sometimes you don't, you want to, you, you kind of, it it's not so healthy for the marriage, you know, to have your wife as the, uh, as the mentor, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's, it's so important. I, I, I sometimes question how people who are single who don't you know they don't have the that kind of backbone and i'm sorry for all those who are single out there you know you guys are amazing you rock but uh get married soon because it's amazing right have some kids <laughs> amazing you know, kids are incredible i'm telling you, you when i have a bad day at work it doesn't matter how crappy my day is i know i get to go home and i just get to tuck my kids into bed and that is just that's all i need like seriously when i when i when i just watch my kids playing or, or just that's it. it it literally melts away all the issues I've got in business and so and it's and again it's the same thing with my wife like I could just spend time with my wife and just have someone to to really just you know unburden you know just literally say oh you know I had a really crappy day and she could just say okay 
tomorrow's another day. Get up tomorrow like a lion and and fight the beast. And it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like that support is so important. And and to those listening who 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 don't have that support, you know, I guess my biggest recommendation is, you know, get a mentor. Get someone who is going to kick you up the ass when you when your ass ain't moving. You know what I'm saying? And uh, or, or like even join. Um, okay, this is a shameless plug, by the way. I just started a, a Facebook group um, called the Can I Pick Your Brain Facebook group. So if you guys want to join my Facebook group, where we basically help motivate each other and we build a network. And actually, what what uh, what I decided to do is my guests that I have on my show will be part of the group so that you can actually pick their brain after the show. Cool idea, no, Jeremy? Well, you'll actually get to hang out with me in that group too because I'm there. That's, that's <laughs> right. So Jer- Jeremy's in the group. So for those listening, um, when this goes out live, um, just go onto the group. And if you have any questions for Jeremy, uh, you could literally just fire him questions and hopefully he'll respond. Um, Jeremy, before we wrap up, what, what would you say to those listening who would want to start creating their own life? Um, wow. I, I would say to, you know, write down all the goals you have for yourself. And then I want you to look at them for other people in your life. Like, is this my dad's goal? Is this my mom's goal? Is this my friend's goal? Mm. Figure that out and then decide which ones really belong to you. Because, you know, I was living my parents' goals for a long, long time. And that's not to say that I'm super successful in in working on my own, but you know what? I'm getting there and I'm enjoying it a hell of a lot more. Figure out what are really your goals and don't listen to negative people because we get a lot of people in our lives that feel like they have to keep you down because if you rise, they have to rise and they don't want to. You know, when when I started network marketing, uh, my best friend at the time was the only person that I really wanted to just look at it. And I didn't even give a crap if he started. I just wanted to look at it and acknowledge what I was doing and say, hey, that's cool. Right. Um, but he looked at it or he wouldn't look at it. And, you know, my, my wife and, and myself and his wife and, him, and himself, we went out to a wine tasting. Whole time he just played on his phone, didn't acknowledge me. And on the way out, I was like, you know, what's going on, man? What happened? He looks at me and goes, I know what you're doing, and I'm gonna have to do I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to see you fail. And I was just Whoa. like, Wow, that's really messed up. You know, we <laughs> haven't spoken in over two years. No. What? So you just need to know who's in your life, man, because people don't always have the best you oh, know, yeah, yeah. That's the, terrible. They have best wishes for you. You know what I mean? So you really have to understand where people are coming from when they make certain statements. Wow, Jeremy, I don't want to end off on this note. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm wrapping up the show and you kind of just put a down uh, on it. I, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I like to leave people with that a lot because I, I think it's we, we hear people say, I'm only saying you know blah, what? blah, blah, because hey, I Jeremy, care. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Uh-huh. If that if that guy, if your friend is listening to this, what would you want to say to him? How's the middle class treating you, bud? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what's the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you? It's over at jeremyryanslate.com or if they want in your Facebook group too. Very cool. And I'm loving the dog noise in the background. I can hear him wagging his tail. She's very happy right now. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's cute. It's cute. Jeremy, this has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your 
Brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.